0: good morning good evening wherever you are and welcome to episode 48 of the cloudcast once again we're coming to you live from our massive cloudcast studios here in raleigh north carolina aaron welcome aboard tonight how are you
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, doing okay tonight. I managed to get the uh, conference flu, you know, just get out of the way ahead of time. So I'm, I'm trying to get my head above water here tonight, but I might sound a little sick, but uh, just get over it, and hopefully I'll head through conference season, you know, without any sickness this year.
0: All right, good. So, but we're all on Skype, so you're not going to get us sick, which is all good.
1: Exactly. I'm not contagious.
0: And, uh... Welcome aboard. Uh, Welcome back to the show, actually. Uh, Friend of the show, uh, we're going to talk a little about security tonight. Uh, Ran Wacker, uh, Vice President of Product for Cloud Passage. Ran, welcome back.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: So, you know, it's been about six months since you were first in the show. You guys were just just launching, just getting started. Uh, A lot's happened to both Cloud Passage, and we'll, we'll jump into that from a Product technology perspective, but you know a lot going on in the cloud industry. You know we've got uh, new product launches in terms of new clouds. We've got new standards like OpenStack, and uh, so so a lot of good stuff going on there. And then uh, and you're going to probably get mad at me about this, but um, it feels like to a certain extent. and Maybe I just get grumpy about this sometimes. It feels like s- security sometimes is that one area that's sort of like one step forward and then two steps back. And and you know whether it's like you know, the LinkedIn passwords or the Yahoo passwords gets hacked, or we all learn about salted passwords or like what's going on in the, in the security industry. I mean, is it, is it, do we screw up for those of us that don't live in security industry and kind of lump everything into security? Or is it, is it kind of this, there's just so many bad things out there that there's always going to be something going on. What's, what's, what's going on in security in the cloud space these days?
2: well i mean the thing is you bring up all the all the recent headlines and and if you look kind of historically over time there's always been you know security breaches at various technology companies and just depending on the uh you know the the popularity or the awareness of a specific name you know the the breach and the exposure gets you know more publicity or less um but what's you know what's what we're really what i'm really seeing is you know as people are starting to look at the the cloud for you know doing um if not augmenting their internal resources building their entire site out there um they you you kind of set it up front like you know they're starting out in the cloud and then they realize after after a while that they're there like okay so what are we actually doing about the security aspect of that and uh the some of the challenges that uh we're seeing in the cloud space in general is that like the security awareness is sometimes lagging the cloud awareness because everyone's just jumping so fast um, into this whole you know infrastructure as a service and pass world.
1: And that's kind of so, yeah, along the same lines of historically security sometimes is an afterthought or certainly the last thing to get implemented because they're, they're looking at application functionality first and, oh, we'll fix that later, we'll fix that later. But but everything is moving so fast now, sometimes it's not even remembered after the fact, correct?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, we've all been in, in IT for a long time, and, and traditionally security's at least been part of the process because in order to get any kind of resource, you had to go to IT, and then IT would at least have um you know security is one of the things they need to figure out before they rolled out a new process or a new service but in the cloud world where you've got self service capabilities you know you have people who go to a cloud provider you know and swipe a credit card or for free start you know leasing servers or subscribing to some type of some type of online service or something like that and it it completely takes IT out of the loop and therefore it takes the security team out of the loop as well
0: so so let so let's talk about that a little bit so you know the last time you were on we were kind of we were kind of introducing cloud passage and, and what you guys do for anybody who uh, you know hasn't is sort of new to the show in the last six months or so um, give us give us real quick um, kind of the high level overview um, what you guys do what's sort of different um, but then let's talk a little bit about why because of the way you guys are so on demand it is sort of self-service we start to address you know, some of that, how do we get security included?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely a good conversation to have. So just really quickly from the cloud passage side, we provide security for virtual servers running in a public or private clouds. And we do it in a way that matches the, the dynamic, um, Nature of the cloud and works within the constraint of you know a public cloud environment where you don't have access to the network or the hypervisor like you would in your own private data center, and so we manage um, we manage firewalls for access control, we've got some really cool multi-factor authentication to protect the you know sensitive ports on your cloud servers, and we do host-based uh, protection such as vulnerability scanning and intrusion detection, and all of it's run. From the host itself, and so it's portable across any cloud provider or any cloud stack that you might be running um, on-prem. Okay, so it's it's Amazon, it's
0: Rackspace cloud, it could be a, a VMware cloud running on somebody's premise. It's it's, it's any sort of any of those things across the various hypervisors, right?
2: Exactly. And, and our, our goal is to, you know, really be portable across all those environments because um, we're seeing people, you know, as they start thinking about how do we not just, you know, take advantage of, you know, a specific public cloud or how do we, you know, build our own private cloud environment. You know, we're seeing a lot of people try to figure out how do I just architect my future strategy to enable me to do hybrid um where I've got, you know, some set of resources on prem, I can take advantage and, and scale out to um, off prem or public cloud providers and take advantage of the cheapest one at the time. I mean in the, the six months since we've last talked, we've had you know clouds launch you know, infrastructure as a service offerings from Google, Dell, you know, Microsoft's cloud is now letting you run Linux virtual machines. Um, even VMware is rumored to be building an infrastructure as a service um, cloud you know, Pretty soon, so right. lots of stuff going on.
0: So, so there's a couple. There's a couple of cool aspects to this, and I, I want to talk. Come back to the whole sort of hybrid cloud and security for hybrid cloud thing. So, one of the things, um, and, and we can, you know, it may be easier for folks to to go to the Cloud Passage website and kind of go look at all the new product announcements and, and and press releases and stuff. A lot of cool stuff there. But one of them that was that was really really interesting to me. And and when we very when we talked the very first time, it was. Um, the cool thing was the product itself or the service itself because it basically is sort of like security as a service, if you will, um, you know, with with technology yep. you guys deliver, was not only uh, could it run anywhere, right which is very cool. It can run private, it could run public. Um, but you could get started for basically for free, right You guys have a, a free version of it um, that you know has certain functionality and then there's a, a sort of a freemium premium version that comes with it and and to me the one thing that jumped out at me that was you know seemed really really powerful was um if if i'm the 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 app developer the guy who wants to go get started with this stuff it's almost like um he could i don't want to say he could bypass the security team but but he he could say look i'm just going to grab it like i'm just going to grab it off the shelf just like anything else i have to gra- any other package i have to grab to get my os running or anything else and, and one of the cool things you guys have done now is at least with the Rackspace Cloud is they offer Cloud Passage as a as an app, like within their within their app store. So it's you know, you want to get security services, cool, the cloud passage app is there, you wanna get, you know, governance services, cool, the Instratus app is there, you wanna get, you know, cost manageability, you go and get the cloudability app. Like are you seeing more and more folks because it's right there as an app, starting to adopt this? I mean, is, so we get past that idea of security came last or is this still too new?
2: No, that's, that's exactly, so the The idea of the developer going and getting it for himself is exactly what we're trying to enable. Um, you know, this, this whole um, cloud, you know, the purchasing model, the deployment model is very self-service and, and just very much like, I want instant gratification. And so what's awesome about these new marketplaces that are launching you know Rackspace um, is is probably the biggest marketplace that's out there, um, but even Amazon broke down and started building their own their own kind of marketplace is that you know for the developer that is getting their servers from their provider they can then now just go and simply you know check a box it's like I'd like to add some management on that some monitoring and oh yeah definitely you know let me add some security pieces on that so we're seeing you know we're the nice thing about the cloud is that you've always is that with APIs and the ability for people to kind of create these building block services and link them all together um, now these marketplaces are enabling people to buy them all together as well. So you don't have, you know, 20 different credit card subscriptions to manage, um, and then that eventually gets too big, and then you have to deal with procurement and all those kinds of things. Okay.
0: And and, and would you expect? I mean, are, are you kind of getting wind that this is going to become the norm for most of the clouds that are out there?
2: I, it's a good question. I think at this point, it's it's too early to tell. Um, what the, the norm of this industry will be um, you know we're seeing a fair amount of multi-cloud deployments out there as well okay. where people will be running some servers in Amazon some servers in Rackspace some servers in a go grid um, something like that and with the, the number of clouds that are that are launching um, you know a lot of people are trying to figure out how do I, uh, how do I keep my systems portable so that you know, if someone comes out with better terms of service or lower costs, I can easily move you know, from an Amazon cloud to a Google cloud to a Rackspace cloud or something like that?
1: So, Ran, when it comes to the idea of customers using multiple clouds out there, Are they doing it today because they're just testing the waters, trying to figure out who in the market has the advantage and which ones are better or more cost competitive? Or are they doing it because some customers, that's actually their strategy going forward, that they want to actually be multi-vendor?
2: Well, I think um, one reason people are doing it is for availability. Um, I mean, like it or not, outages happen, um, and uh, and it's happening in the cloud, and you you see a lot of um, see a lot of press around those things, and so people are kind of spreading their um, exposure around. But the other thing um, I'm seeing there's there's kind of a kind of a saying that people are getting into. There there used to be the saying that if you want to you know be in the cloud, if you want to do if you want to do cloud computing, um, even if your, if your ultimate goal is private, you know, start in public because the public cloud is much more constrained. And if you solve the problems there, then then everything else, including private and hybrid is easy. Um, the same thing is kind of also going for some of the more advanced providers, like, you know, people are saying, um, you know, don't build your system to be completely dependent on Amazon's other services, because then you get some pretty big cloud lock in there. And so, you know, a lot of people are running, you know, a combination of servers in Amazon and Rackspace and GoGrid, for an example, to keep themselves honest about what level of support and what level of services do they need for their um, to keep their systems running, or can they simply move, you know, to commodity um, compute and storage vendor to commodity compute and storage vendor.
1: Oh, cool! And to just kind of circle back around to to this app store idea for a second is that something that you think will really shape the industry going forward or do you think there's going to be it'll eventually diverge into two camps of the you know build your own versus package but packages may have lock in packages may not have the customization you need and and you know of course it's obviously very early on in that marketplace concept or app store idea but is that something that you think will enable further growth in the industry, especially around security?
2: Yeah, totally. I think the the great thing about the app store marketplaces is that it just it just makes it easier for people to jump in and get started, and um, you know, beyond this making it easier for people to actually buy and deploy them, just being able to find the services is a big deal because you know if I I'm going to go um, you know spin up some cloud servers. What better place to figure out what are the what are the you know highly rated and popular apps to go along with that cloud server than you know from the app store of my provider
0: now as as you talk about that and you and I have been talking a little bit offline before the show and so forth you know when when you've got your when you've got the service uh, in one of the app stores, or you know, sort of like, like you said, it's it's a place where people can find it. Um, I assume there's ways for people to sort of comment on it, talk about it. It builds a community around it. Are you are, are you guys as as Cloud Passage um, putting together packages for some of the more complex things, like for example a uh, a PCI environment or what might be considered like a HIPAA environment, right? So sort of regulated things, or are you seeing the community kind of go, well, I, I tried it this way. Uh, we got through our compliance test. Here's our configurations. Are you seeing people taking it that next step beyond just, uh, you know, firewall services to, you know, more kind of complete solutions that they can package together or share with each other?
2: Yeah, the um, there's what we're what we're uh, seeing what we're trying to do in the the marketplaces is, is make things as, as easy as possible so um, so we sell a, a number of different packages our our professional package um, does all the compliance and PCI pieces and we've actually seen a lot of um, a lot of uptake. And now a lot of people who are actually you know, publishing like PCI compliance in the cloud, here's how i achieved it. We, we can talk about that a little bit. In the app stores, um, though, what we're finding is that you usually get more of a um, entry, you know, kind of someone who's just getting started and they're looking for, you know, something that gives them the basics. And so, for example, in Rackspace's marketplace, we sell our mid-range package called Halo NetSec, and that's focused on firewall, multi-factor authentication to protect your, you know, SSH or RDP ports, um, and giving you security alerts on on your server that's there. And so it's a simpler thing for the customer uh, to get running with. And then you know, once they get that initial level of security, if they're doing advanced things like PCI or HIPAA or something in the cloud, then they can they can move up um, in the the package that they're running.
0: Okay, so you know when we when we first started talking about this it was it was a it was kind of a very unique thing because um you guys were taking this really powerful technology um a lot of the folks that are that are building it for you come from you know a variety of very hardcore you know security backgrounds so you know you were at ironport and some folks from say r s a and then some other people with kind of unique backgrounds you know but here's what I'm trying to figure out is You've got all this all this stuff that's going on, whether it's like you know mobile devices, which is like just tons more devices and, and, and security parameters moved around. You've got botnets. You've got you know uh, these these sort of military-based things or the guys out of China. I mean, like the, the the threat is huge, right? The the, right. the who it is? What are you guys are you guys seeing? Or are you seeing people ask you instead of just providing you? the technology that's delivered sort of as a service are they are they asking you to also sort of manage it themselves because of all this expertise you have they're saying look i i can't really keep up with all of it i mean i i know the technology is powerful but i still don't really know what to, i mean are they are they coming to you and saying C- can you guys run this for me is that is that sort of evolving in your business is that what people are asking or do they feel like they can keep up with it
2: well um so we're, we're not specifically, you know, a managed service provider because there's, you know, a lot of costs and, and a lot of people don't necessarily, um, you know, they're not looking to outsource their security operations center. But okay. they are looking for our tools that start with, you know, a really strong, give them a really strong security posture for their servers. And so we bring a ton of, of Content, what we call, you know, the, the policies, the configurations, all those kinds of things, um, we you know provide those directly into whatever operating system or application you're running. But then the other piece that we do is that we're built in a way that that works in that dynamic cloud environment. Um, and so, you know, we call it security orchestration for the cloud where as people are running in this, this new model where instead of having long lived servers that have, you know, a lot of patches that are applied over time and a lot of cruft that builds up, you know, the state of the art operations in the cloud is that you have a gold master image and then you, you know, create a bunch of clones of that to meet whatever kind of load you have right now. And and then you assume that those clones are going to remain, you know, identical to the Gold Master, and you're never even going to really patch those. You would instead, you know, have the, the next generation of the Gold Master, you'd spin out a bunch of other clones, and then what you're doing is you're kind of looking to make sure that every single server in that pool matches the Gold Master and nothing's changed, because with those botnets when you know those those you know attacks come in or a developer logs on and makes a change that leaves the server open to attack, you know, it's that one server that's different from the the other hundred that you really want to be able to zoom in on really quickly and and lock it back down.
1: Yeah, and you really touch on two really key aspects of very traditional enterprise IT pain points, and that's that the, the concept of patching it and keeping all those things up to date. And the other one is compliance, keeping everything in alignment. And really, both of those are addressed in that situation.
2: Yeah, but, and they're they're addressed kind of from the conceptual model of how you operationalize it. And then one of our big big areas and, and big big differences in the way we do security from the way that more traditional enterprise tools do it is that we let you enforce that. We let you say, here's your gold master, and then I don't care if you've got 10 servers or 10,000, you know, let's make sure that all of them stay in the the right um, posture. Let's make sure that all of them have the right firewall rules, um, and that dynamic nature, because you've got people out there doing stuff in the cloud that, you know, on a 24-hour basis can swing from, you know, 5,000 servers to, to 20,000 servers and back down. And that dynamic nature and being able to um, make sure that all those clones, it's like the clone army out of Star Wars, make sure they're all identical. Um, that's just something that really I've never seen in a, a traditional IT environment.
0: Okay. And, okay, so... so a lot of a lot of power in their hands to be able to deal with these dynamic environments how are they how are they dealing with you know in this in this hybrid environment where uh, you know people like you said will sort of build a gold master or typically you know patched gold master maybe not patched gold master but then a number of the public providers will have you know Amazon's got AMIs uh, Rackspace has got ways to get it Windows images versus Linux images how are folks keeping those things in sync and, and are there are there Components of of what you guys deliver that that can help a customer make sure that they're they're not out of sync in terms of patch levels or security vulnerabilities. How are they dealing with just you know OS level patch level stuff between different environments?
2: Yeah, one of the most common questions we get is you know how are how are we different than like a, a Right Scale or a Chef or a Puppet, which are all great tools for. Um, you know, managing and building your server images, and then kind of creating those those fleet of, of clones. And um, the the what we see a lot of times is people are you know putting Cloud Passage as part of what they call the recipe for building the server. So you get the you know the Cloud Passage daemon um, installed as part of that stack, and then what and then you know, right Scale, Chef, Puppet, they're helping you. Throw those servers out in the world, and then what we're doing is that we are um, basically enforcing and maintaining all the security policies. So, for example, we will manage your host-based firewall, and we'll automatically update update that firewall if. Say you've got a group of web servers and a group of database servers. You can create a, a, just a, a firewall rule that says you know, any web server can talk to any database server. And what we do is that we automatically update that. So if you spin up 10 new web servers, we'll automatically tell the database servers about those new IP addresses so that the web servers can connect. And if you take those 10 down, we'll automatically close off those ports on the database server. And so you know, people are building... Um, they're, they're automating the, the construction and the deployment of all these with those you know, kind of management orchestration tools. And then Cloud Passage is really doing the real time orchestration of the security for the firewall rules and your access, and then those, those patches and, uh, and security vulnerabilities as well. Because the, the chefs, the puppets, the right scales, they do a really good job of getting the software out there, but they don't have the security awareness you asked earlier, Brian, about you know, people are asking Cloud Passage to do the security piece for them. That's the content and the security expertise that we provide. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. So so that's kind of a cool uh, change, right? So we started off the the show talking about you know the fact that security professionals typically are, are sort of have had this mantra forever of, you know, we want to make things secure for you, we want to do the right thing, but we're just not at the table. We're not included. Um, you know, now given the fact that they can sort of get the security when they're spinning up VMs, if you will. They can include it in Chef and Puppet and RightScale and in Stratus. And I mean, are, are we are we kind of seeing the beginning of this idea that um, we're going to move away from, from the security professionals not being invited to the table to just that function, that, that skill set, just evolving into the application space, the, the the guys who run the servers and so forth? Or is that... Is that never? I mean, we, is that way too difficult to, to see that evolve that way?
2: Oh no, I, we already see it evolve. I mean, I think that with the the evolution of the DevOps um, function, which runs everything within you know your your quote unquote cloud data center. Um, you know, those guys are focused on automation. They're focused on keeping the site running, those kinds of things. They don't have a security background. So, so they love it when we can, you know, provide them a drop in solution for their security needs. And we'll harden their servers, we'll manage their firewalls, we'll give them all these cool tools that'll automate those pieces. So that's the, you know, the company that is, Running a bunch of DevOps, the business unit um, that's building something really quickly outside of IT, that kind of thing. But then we also work in the in the environment where security is at the table. Security can, you know, have our daemon installed on all the servers, and security can have their own view into the servers and leave the developers alone. And as long as the developers can continue to spin up things, you know with the push of a button and they don't have to wait six weeks for security to, to twiddle a firewall rule, then the developers are happy because they can still have that really fast agile cloud environment and the security guys are happy because they still get visibility and control into everything that's being spun up out there.
0: Okay. And, you know, you guys, when, when we talked a while ago, It was this was pretty much Linux-centric. You guys have moved that. It now supports windows environments as well you know devops tends to sort of be for the linux crowd i mean that's the tools are there and uh, do you see the same types of things applying for the windows crowd as well or or is that still kind of its own separate you know world in terms of how they can automate and how you're seeing these two disciplines come together
2: we're seeing it it's an interesting it's a Really fascinating to me because I would have never assumed to see a a lot of Windows out there. But, you know, some of the, some of the the cloud providers out there will quote Windows as being, you know, 30, 40, even 50% of their servers. And we've got, there's a lot of people who are trying to automate Windows. The tools are maybe not as, as mature as they are on the Linux side. But at the end of the day, people are making a choice for Windows or Linux based on what their developers know. Um, I See more people building, you know, applications on Windows, just because their developers know .NET as opposed to knowing Ruby, and that's a perfectly legitimate reason to to choose that and run it. Very interesting.
1: And, and to kind of split it one other way as well. So, so what are the big differences that you're seeing? Because we've been talking a lot about a, a, the public cloud model, but but in a in a private cloud model, how does this change?
2: Yeah. The so. It's really interesting when, you know, you see someone that's had a traditional data center for a long time and then for whatever reason, they go out and they they try, you know, a public cloud service. Usually it's because, you know, they need some dev test systems as a resource or something. And people get, you know, pushed there because, oh, we couldn't get IT to do it fast enough or, or it's cheap or something like that. But the first time they, you know, click a button and have a new server just pop up, you know, within five minutes and they see the the, the the self-service and very agile fast nature of it, they immediately start thinking, "Oh, I need this in my own data center." And so we see people who are you know actually taking and, and building once they've seen the the benefits of doing cloud computing in a public cloud, they then want that same type of dynamic self-service nature of private cloud. And so they start building, you know, something based on OpenStack or based on Eucalyptus or or cloud.com or something like that. Um, But then they have to go and they have to rethink, in particularly security, how are they going to do the same type of network segregation they did between the servers, you know, in a private cloud environment? How are they going to... um, be able to enforce, uh, you know, enforce the ho- host security pieces, where you've got these, you know, this very dynamic nature of the servers, which none of the traditional security tools um, can really handle. And so, you know, we we see that a private cloud, where you're doing a true dynamic infrastructure as a service model, is very very different than traditional virtual data centers because you've got you know a very flat network um, you've got you know all these hosts that can talk to each other people try to figure out how do we segregate that data um, you've got cases where um, the uh, you never know which server is, is is your neighbor and so in some cases you want to definitely figure out how do you segregate the development servers from the finance servers those kinds of things so in the in the private cloud you have all these same problems and our technology works really well in that environment um, but And I think people are just starting to realize that it's not just like a, a cloud behind a firewall. Like you really got to figure out how you're going to run that private cloud um, the way that you'd run your servers in a public environment.
0: Yeah, Aaron. I, I, Aaron, I think I think it's it's gonna it's gonna make for some really interesting scenarios because I mean you, you've you've got some companies, you know, technology vendors, for example, who've been sort of saying, well, the the journey to cloud maybe starts private because that's an environment you know they tend to sell to IT organizations, and then you know the the journey will move out to public. Uh, if you talk to developers, they you know as we've sort of highlighted, they tend to want to go where they don't have any friction, which is public. And then you know, and, and even though public has its own challenges to it, it's sort of transparent. I mean, there's plenty of people who know, you know, what the networking looks like for Amazon or for, uh, uh, you know, for Google. You know, as, they're, as they document stuff, and then you come back into your private cloud, and the transparency isn't there. The communities aren't necessarily there to sort of help you figure that out. So it'll it'll be interesting to watch and see, you know, how much people end up. Actually moving from from one to another, right? Is it this sort of the gravity keeps it there? There's a lack of transparency keep it there. I think for you guys, for you know, for Cloud Passage, the, the the cool thing is, at least as I understand it, I mean, there's there's no difference between your security services running in a public environment or a private environment, right? I mean, it's the same set of controls, the same set of features and functionality. So it's it's almost like security may may become no longer the long you know pull in the tent, maybe the, the shorter pull in the tent in some cases
1: yeah and really it comes down to uh, again just like so many other things in this industry it comes down to abstraction and, and you're really what you're doing is abstracting um, the public or private with security layer and that's that's a great concept
2: yeah yeah letting the, the security kind of run in, in all those different environments letting the you know security be baked in and, and move around with the virtual machine um, because at the end of the day <clears throat> You know, if you're moving um, your systems from your, um, you know, your, your private virtual stack into a public cloud back into a private cloud between different clouds, like it's that VM that's the single, you know, the the single common denominator um, that you can protect and that's about the only thing that you can ensure you have access to no matter where you're running it. Very, very cool. So listen
0: so you know we're kind of we kind of hit on a lot of this stuff I mean we've hit on new functionality um, we've hit on you know some of the trends that are going on which I you know I think again we sort of highlighted it here if if you're coming at it from a developer's perspective and that that side of security you're gonna see it different than if you're coming at it from, from say the IT perspective on this I, I think it's very cool I think what you guys do kind of does bridge the gap between those two things it it, it may make security sort of a more of a bringing together function um so real quick um you know defcon the, the defcon conference just got done you know we were talking offline that you weren't there specifically but obviously cloud passage was there uh there's a number of of cloud events coming up you know here in the fall time vmware and so forth um are you guys going to be out there are people going to get a chance to to get to know you guys will you be out and about at the various conferences
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were um, at DEF CON. We actually sponsored B-Sides, which is kind of the the, uh, the alternative show to the security shows. If you want to get into the the really crazy security crowds. Um, but then we also go to you know all the cloud events. Um, yeah, the Cloud Expo out in New York recently. Um, we should be at the uh, Amazon's having their first uh, user conference uh, down in uh, in Las Vegas in November. So that'll be actually a a really interesting new venue because there you've got, you know, the, the cloud expos, the cloud connects, um, those things have been a lot of people trying to figure out what is the cloud? What are we doing about it? Those kinds of things. The Amazon user conference, I think will be, you know, really hands-on operators, um, that are all trying to take, um, their skills really to the next level because, you know, all this is just moving so, so fast. It's amazing.
0: Okay. Very cool. So, Aaron, before you take us out, Rand, give us give us one really cool use case, one really cool customer example that, you know, doing something different and, and doing something different because of how quick they can get to take advantage of the service, or because of how easy it scales.
2: Um, yeah, so you know, one of our one of our customers we love to talk about is is Foursquare, um, you know, the social networking site and. It's a great example of, um, during the week, they run a few hundred servers, but on the weekend, um, when everyone starts going out and letting their friends know where they go, they, they scale up to, you know, two, three X that. So they've got, you know, several hundred servers running you know, over the space of 24 hours. Um, what our system allows them to do is just transparently, as they're popping up more servers in, in whatever public cloud they're running in, um, all the firewall rules get updated. All those servers are monitored for any kind of, you know, developer misconfiguration or any kind of uh, any kind of, of file changes that shouldn't be going on. That kind of thing. And it's this this elasticity, the ability to handle that dynamic environment, that just really enables people to take advantage of the cloud for um, how cool and and uh, and different of a operations uh, tool that it that it is.
0: Very cool, and and we haven't heard any any public hackings of, uh, of of Foursquare. So it sounds like you guys are you're doing your job and uh, uh, you know keeping them safe and letting people check yep. in wherever they want to check in. So very very cool. Yeah. Well, uh, Aaron, we will um we'll have to we'll have to sort of make it our mission when we're out at uh, VMworld here in a couple of weeks to to you know see if we can figure out how to get the uh, the Cloud Passage guys into some of the the app store stuff that VMware is pushing instead of all the end user things, right? Try, 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 try <laughs> and try make this try and make the servers and the developer guys uh, as productive as they're trying to make end users with BYOD.
1: Yep, yep, I agree. Yeah, yeah so, so, so Ran,
2: look to well, you guys out here,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Ran, where where can everyone follow you and, and Cloud Passage and find out more about what's going on in in the world of cloud security or Cloud Passage specifically?
2: Yep, uh, cloudpassage.com, and in fact we've got a, uh, we've just relaunched our cloud security blog, um, linked off of that site really good um content there that's you know not about not necessarily about our product but about you know what do people need to understand as they're moving to the cloud about how security is different even about just how cloud changes their operational models we really focus on the education and helping people take advantage of of all these cool new things
1: cool very cool very cool all right so i'll take us out here First of all, if you like our show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. Um, and you can follow us on Stitcher at the or on the web at thecloudcast.net, where you can find links to our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, links to iTunes, Stitcher, and now we're streaming on TuneIn as well. So that's it for Brian and I. Thank you very much for listening and have a great week.